Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I come before you today with this message of dire importance. Lately, each movie we make costs about as much as a 10-year-old used car would cost. We save up for a few years and then spend it all on our newest movie. Of course, these movies earn us almost nothing, but it's so much fun. I'd rather have a bunch of movies than a bunch of used cars. Can I come over and watch Ricky Farley with you tonight? The film you're about to see contains scenes of shocking river beast action, which are definitely not for the timid. Welcome back to Don't Let the Motown Cast Get You, a podcast dedicated to the films of Charles Roxburgh and Matt Farley. I'm here with my friends Calvin, Matt and Stephen as always. It's been a while, but we're back and we're talking about local legends from 2013, written, directed and starring Matt Farley. A fictionalised autobiographical vignette of Farley's life as a small town entertainer in Manchester, New Hampshire. Gang, this is like one of the best movies, right? One of my favorites all time, uh, not just Motern. Uh, I had approached this originally not really knowing what the game was. Um, so all these fragments of who Matt Farley is, say I didn't know if it was fictional or if, yes. uh, or if Matt Farley was actually this uh, production genius who had like all these. I didn't know he had 20,000 songs. When he said it in the movie, oh. I doubted it. Yeah, I, I didn't know <laughs> if he was really offering his phone number. So I messaged him. And uh, when I got a response, I was like, oh, shit, maybe it's all legit. I'd seen, uh, I think, River Peace, just River Beast before that. So going into this, I knew that he made films, but I didn't know mm. about the art, like, music, musician side of him. And, like, the stand-up comedy side of him as well. I don't think we would... It's really interesting, yeah. Any of that anymore, but, like, that, the opening of the film is him doing that stand-up before he goes into, obviously, one of his best songs, Scarlett Johansson, Farts. Um, yeah, that's a side a of Farley we don't really see anymore. So it's interesting to go back and see that. Nor Scarlett, yeah. <laughs> to be very pretentious from the very, very beginning, um, there, is, there, there is... Okay, we're getting to name-dropping already. There is something Cassavetes-ish about the beginning of, like, the, the splicing in of the, like, his person just, like, trying to, like, do this job that, like, is, like, endearing, um, mm -hmm. even if it's not, like, amazing. Um I like what Calvin said of that, like the playful like relationship between truth and like fakery in this movie is really enjoyable mm. of the, in the, the, the fiction seems very sincere and seems like rooted in reality. Yeah. And I don't, it reminds me of, I mean, one of our joint favorite movies here, um, my Winnipeg of yes. like, there yes. are things in that film that you think are definitely made up and maybe they're not <laughs> as made up and the things that are made up are not, I mean, um, the more like often prosaic ideas. Mm. So I, I like the moment that fiction and reality become a little bit intertwined. Uh, it's a really good way of like showing how strange reality can be. Because I agree, like the, the first time I watched this, I didn't really, I loved it, but I did not love it as much as I did the second time yeah. because of that growing appreciation with what it is that he is doing and how that he does these things is just really special to me. Yeah, how did you come across this in the first place, Calvin? Because I think you watched this before any of us did. I thought it was you. Someone else in one of our chats just uh, forwarded it to me as I was talking about like anti-comedy or something that I really am yeah. into and I want micro-budget films and they're like, watch this. I have no I, idea who it was. Uh, I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Matt Farley. They, they were in the letterbox server and they were pushing local legends and I just sort of yeah. discarded it or whatever. And then once we watched River Beast, I was like, oh man, maybe this guy's onto something and <laughs> watch local legends. And yeah, it's that, it's that, the the truth is stranger than fiction moment of this man records these weird songs for a living 
and mm. will happily give out his phone number and wants you to contact him at any time of the day. And that's like the turning point for me just to be like, oh, this this Matt Farley guy is a real character and he is committed to being this person. <laughs> Like, it's incredibly you... rewarding to me because I'm sure we'll get I'll get a text about this episode, and I'm like, <laughs> well, this is just like the the best relationship of uh, a parasocial relationship that's kind of gone beyond that. Like, yeah. I I usually just watch the film, and I'm like, yes, I'll never talk to David Lynch, but he's my favorite. <laughs> but then Matt Farley's my favorite, and I'm like, but I'll probably hear from him about yeah. that. Yeah. That's amazing. I could tweet, him. I could tweet Which... him right now, and it'll be like an hour. <laughs> if that Matt Farley likes your tweet, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. I again. could tweet about that's him the... on an account that he doesn't follow, and he would. Never Name so yeah. his own name, and after a mm. day, he would interact with it because he he loves just talking about himself. Which that that whole number thing goes back to again, like the way that this film treats with fiction. It dares you to engage with it, in fact, and then you are play playfully surprised when it is fact because you're like, oh, that must be a gag about his number. That's a fake mm. number. I'm used to this kind of thing, and which makes it wonderfully immersive. And um, Jack, actually. I wanted to oh. talk to you about something as as a musician okay. and as a musician that uses a Spotify platform. I was struck. So occasionally there are like technological moments that really age a film or really, really localize a film. I don't mean like age in terms of age out, but really like show where it is. And there's Matt Farley talking about like iTunes sales was really funny to me about yeah, thing. Be like, yeah, yeah. that's not a thing we think about. But I remember like buying our, like oh, yeah, yeah. on iTunes. So Spotify, obviously, for a large amount of artists, has been really damaging um, yes. to the music industry. But for the kind of artists that Matt Farley is, do you reckon Spotify has been actually really useful? That sense of like instant well, accessibility? And you would know more than I. Instant accessibility, and there is no limit to the amount mm. of music he can put up. And there is no limit to the amount of alias aliases he could have. And there's no limit to the type of content he can produce. So he's not necessarily exploiting this platform, but he's <laughs> already been exploiting so many of the music industry anyway. And, you know, there's there's figures and facts and charts about how uh, the decline of the music industry in terms of sales and uh, the push towards um, streams has affected, like, musicians' livelihoods. And, you know, their income used to come from record sales, and now it's all about touring and merchandise yeah. because the stream stream per... Uh, the price per stream is like 0 0.003 or something. It's something ridiculous. Like the, the facts yeah. and figures of it is you have to stream so many times to get a pound or a dollar or something like that. So Matt Farley went, okay, cool. If I make songs that people will find eventually by just naming random mm. things, then I can exploit this and I can make some money. And he does make money and he, he continues to write these songs. He continues to write name songs every day. He continues to make <laughs> toilet themed albums and he's just doing it for himself. This yeah, is like my, I think this is my favorite because it's so keyed into that part of Matt Farley, which is a part that I also celebrate. And I think uh, we have like so much fun going down the rabbit holes. I, discovered new albums today i think like one band mentioned the song like the uh pittsburgh uh, sports band <laughs> so i'm like okay let me find all the penguin songs i'm like oh that's great i have all my favorite players we have a uh, tracks for them that's fantastic so just like that endless matt farley rabbit hole i think is mm -hmm. a really fun way to uh, continue to interact with him i mean he uh he even has like a uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. That's the, the Twin Geeks outro song. Like we, uh, we have a good relationship with them, a working relationship now. So it's uh, important to me.
Stephen loves going through filmographies and discographies. Mm. Obviously, did Bowie recently, <laughs> and I'm waiting for the moment he tackles Matt Farley chronologically. No, I just go. No, goes through and analyzes him. Well, no, because most of my music listening the, is like uh, at work of like it's stuff I can have in the background whilst I'm like doing admin tasks. So you, like you that would just throw on like Stromboli's Alarm Clock or guy <laughs> who sings your name over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't, but like, but music as ephemera is quite interesting. This movie actually, because like, we get into the is it I for, I forget. Sorry, is 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 it Billy Joel? The artist they're talking yes, about, yes, yes, yes. Because because we 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 get into like the the iconic but like not specifically liked kind of like idea of I do like the greatest hits one, two, and three of like being all the albums kind of idea, which goes into like the disposability which most people treat music. Yes, like yeah. everyone kind of likes music, but few people were like hobbyist about music, and you see those worlds colliding here really nicely. The funny thing about that Billy Joel thing is that it did actually happen to him. He went back to a <laughs> girl's place once who claimed to have all of Billy Joel's albums, and it was just the greatest hits. It's great because you can't really, unlike first viewing, you can't work out what is fact and what is fiction. Mm. He's playing that basement show, and that could 100%, I'm sure it's based on like a, a real shows that he's done before, but it just feels like a live performance. And like it is like a touch on like that oh. docu-fiction angle. And, of, and like yeah. the woman walking down the stairwell, yes, like yeah, in like, the middle of the performance, the <laughs> doing laundry. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of a nice platform in there though as well, though. Of, like I like that he in this film like shows the other acts doing their thing in a way that's been like there's just this this again, we keep going back to like these works being like very democratic and like opening doors for people mm-hmm. of it's like it's it's so easy to see a film like this. And I think I, and I think a few of us here, are often looking for, I like certain Woody Allen films, and I want to watch a Woody Allen film without the guilt of watching a Woody Allen film. <laughs> sure. And what can give me that feeling? That's and there's true. a little bit of that in Local Legends. And like the, the, the incidental, like the capturings of reality and that like, but then with the Woody Allen film, you get, it's just like, just, just sucking himself off for the entire movie, which is just like incredibly <laughs> frustrating. And like, this is just, it's not like self-hating and self-deprecating to become humor. Mm. Um, and there is some like, like he's got an ego, but like endearingly. So there is like a, a, a fragility to it, but also just like a, a pragmatism to the whole thing. And that the shared view of art in it is, is, is really compelling to me. Yeah. I like the idea of the democratization also and how uh, um, Farley's process is democratic and it's seeking like people from the community mm. and it's pulling in just a, what's around like on a material basis as well but also the way he uh, interfaces with the world like uh, without using the car he would rather go for a walk and he'd rather encounter someone on the street there's something um about Matt Farley where it's just like the the world's open to him and this is his very specific space where he walks he makes movies he lives and uh it's it's internal uh there is some quality of it that's him which which for me on the on the second thing of this and i think i'm behind most i think you've you've all did it way more times than i have but um it's like the what the film is is like opening up to me and like yes it's like faux documentary docu fiction kind of like also documentary kind of thing Mm. but like it's such a great actually completely true picture of interiority to me of the way that all the things come together is just like you get a real understanding of like how a person's mind works because even like the, the the basketball like tracking stuff just like feeds into the little <laughs> obsessions and eccentricities yeah. and you realize that it's just all these little obsessions and like getting caught up on something which leads back to the music which leads back to the filmmaking which leads yeah, back to the comedy sure. it's just like you're just seeing this mind work and even the way that the narrative strands like get into it are just like expressions of, like different like cognitive behaviors this man has and it just like it's this lovely just like insight even like incidentally accidentally so sometimes on purpose so so the psychological element of it really as well as being funny and cute and endearing like really really hit for me this time 
there's a sense when you're just doing like a, a homemade movie that something would be um less than professional and i never get that sense with matt farley where i've enjoyed it less than a professional work mm-hmm. uh, as big defenders of like a micro budget cinema i think we all kind of agree whether it's like the lad goodbye or uh the motern movies yeah. i think we we find so much heart and ingenuity in creating something just with what you have that i think that interiority is also like this is the most personal film where nothing could be cut out by a studio like mm-hmm. there's no uh yes men it's mm-hmm. there's no middleman between especially this one it's just matt farley it's not even charlie not Charles, um, yeah and you yeah. can kind of tell that because i think we talked to when we talked to matt he was just saying like oh we didn't have time to check his framing or you know check his angles on shots and there are shots at the beginning when he there goes are, to the yeah. girl's house um <laughs> about the billy joel's up and they're blown up like they're completely washed out they're way overexposed and i love that because like yeah, the next the next scene it's completely back to norman it's just like oh, well, I can't really fix that and I don't really want to go back and do it. This which is, as to how incidental it all exactly. is, though. It's just like, it's just like, it's just, 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 just there to be, which is really, really interesting. So but like, sorry, Cal. Charles was uh, going to LA, right? For a couple of years. That was like yeah, the timeline on this. Years. And they were like, maybe we're taking like a permanent break. And then mm-hmm. Matt Farley kind of did this thing that kind of collected everything they had made together up to this point. Like, yeah, this it's... is such a celebration mm-hmm. of all before it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you go for the filmography as well, for it, you get little bits of the past films, which is which really, really lovely. Exactly. And then even does... after this one, there's uh, like three years until the next one in Slingshot Cops, right? Unless I'm mm-hmm. missing yeah, one. So yeah, this... yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll discover yeah. one, like we'll come out later being like, oh, we made this in this time and now it exists on like a weird, Charlie like, secretly made a yeah, movie yeah, yeah. on his own. Uh, in tandem to Matt making this one on his own. I'd I'd welcome that. I know that Farley's teasing a surprise sequel next year, and part of me really hopes it's like an updated sort of Local Legends 2. So so. much has changed for him in 10 years, and like the platform has changed, and I mean, his whole life has changed, really. Which, like, he's been on, was it Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or something like that? Yeah, yeah Jimmy Fallon. One of, the, one of the Jimmys, one of the Jimmys for sure. One of the Jameses. Um, which, which begs the question, who will play Jack Davenport in that movie? I don't know. Ooh, Jack Davenport from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Sherry Moon Zombie will play Matt um, for reasons I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> reasons that will not be revealed on this podcast. Um, I think... I'm often, again, searching for things because I'm just quite a restless person. But the other thing I'm often searching for is the movies that I like and the movies that can do both. And for me, a perfect example is Sullivan's Travels, which is a weird like mm. counterpoint for me of being like, this is a really fun, really entertaining, really witty, really like engaging film that also has a really interesting like thesis about the nature of art, but isn't too heavy handed at both. And Local Legends totally has really, really interesting things about art mm-hmm. in incidental ways and overt ways. I really love the central metaphor about the um, character that makes costumes not to be worn. Yes. And like yeah. that going it's with like, his. Yeah. yeah. And like, but that being like Matt Farley's way of expressing what he thinks art should be. The idea that, like, like, <laughs> the art should be experienced. The art, art is yeah, art exactly. when it is you experienced. You should be able to interact mm. with it. And like, that is fully his brand. Like, art is conversation, you know, art dialogue. Conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a response between art, artist, and audience. And Which is, again, can... quite Sullivan's travels in that idea of being like, no, it, it can be fun and it can be clever and it can be all these things. And also the idea that you should live to make art. Like, you should make your living so you could do these things that are intensely important to you and like a a passionate way uh, because him working at like the old folks home or whatever he's doing at at this time or mm. maybe still doing is a uh, all in support of doing the hobbies that will make him you know meager money you know two dollars a song yeah. a year and then eventually that accumulates but you have to you know live your life in such a way that you still have room for hobbies and passions mm-hmm. as i 
has anyone's like taste like changed as they've watched this? Like, is it growing with you? I loved it from the start. I've seen yeah. it maybe five times now. Uh, okay. <laughs> I still love it. I don't know how much that can change. What is it like 74 yeah. minutes or something? It just goes by in a flash. I've watched it like several times this year because the Gold Ninja <laughs> disc has so many interviews and uh, commentary tracks. And like, I just love hearing the guys talk about the, the production and what Matt thinks of all this. And yeah, it's just every time I still find something new, which is is crazy to me because it's such a succinct movie. It's just short movie mm. and like a, a simple premise, but like Farley is an interesting and complex character in some ways. And it's interesting to see how he presents himself and how he chooses to present himself and his work in this manner. As as always, I note down quotes that stick out to me. Please, um, and some of them are more like present this time. I just like occasionally, like he says something like, "If this movie was better," which is like just instantly endearing every time. He's like, "If I was to make a better movie, I'd do it this way," yes. which is great. We've got walking is good. We've got <laughs> I don't think you can keep up with my walking pace. <laughs> I just like to try and put somebody off when they say, "Can I come over and watch Freaky Farley tonight?" And I like that kind of like dialogue about him not really getting like the yeah, the cues yeah, in play, yeah. and then and then getting it's more like he doesn't want to get the cues, and therefore just like backs up from it. Um, I really love the Farley on Farley conversations. Yes, when like his, like he, managerial he... <laughs> side, his like promotion side, and his business side. That's a great way of like encapsulating personality and like like the warring impulses put on us by the, the systems that we have to play into, then realizing that he has to put his art out into the real world and i love how they coalesce at the end and become quite filmic at the end like going with this arc and I, I love the the um the freaky farley reviewer guy that says wasn't too impressed with the storyline oh, yeah <laughs> which is yeah. and he just such like, brilliant found, criticism yeah wasn't too impressed with the storyline found it on a bench or something this dvd copy or and then like the that. the address was inside the copy so he followed the address and that's where he encounters farley and it's probably 100 accurate like <laughs> it probably happened sneaking his dvds in places sneaking his cds into record stores which is so funny reverse shoplifting oh I love the idea of him being ignored locally and celebrated by us in some way. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I love, I want him to get all the acclaim he deserves, but uh, something about that is so uh, funny to me in his movies. And here are my three favorite quotes in the movie. Okay. Um, one of them, because I'm thinking of Matt, which is the opposite one of when they just say, in the tradition of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, <laughs> just as a throwaway <laughs> thing to say, as if that's a thing that people say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like... It's an important tradition. I know, yeah, that's yeah. just a, a joke structure I always enjoy and like to employ of that thing of being like, set up conventional thing and then just say, ridiculous thing. Yes, it's ridiculous just always, statements. always funny to me. Um, uh, but my top two favorite lines, number two, all we want to do is entertain people and we can't find anyone who wants our entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> it's that very, very, very good. Much, that is very much like that. How I feel about these shows. <laughs> that's the, the Twin Geeks years. outro song. Yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's that, that's the, the Queen Geeks mantra. Of we we just want to make content. That's the ethos. We're making content. And one day you'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. Maybe but too much of it. The best line of the movie, which was just so throwaway, was just like again grammar exploitation. I'm much more coof than that. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part is still uh, when he's handed the book on filmmaking and like all about the rules of filmmaking. And mm, it's just like I haven't noted down how to rule. improve your less than stellar filmmaking technique. Is the name of the movie. The first rule that says like you should never have a narrator and it just cuts to the next scene you know something uh, like that he, he has to narrate that line which is what mm. makes that sell so well right which is like an adaptation isn't it when it's got the um that, that guy doing that the film class about don't have a narrator so in a, in a 74 minute long movie how many songs do you think one <laughs> Matt farley could 
get in there because I've but got there's a, quite I've a lot of montages. There's like exactly. foods on so montage. There's, there's snippets. There's snippets, but there are 36 Matt Farley songs. Okay. Or snippets of. I'm on the Motown uh, Wikipedia page, so obviously we. Start oh, I was hoping you would track that yourself. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got all. The Why else are we doing this? I've not that. Yeah. My goldfish is dead. Uh, crying on the inside. Swimming at the lake. Uh, shut up, your monkey. Diarrhea. Bounce back. <laughs> I like to chew gum. 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 <laughs> Would you call it the greatest hits of Matt Farley? <laughs> you know what? There's, there's the Celiac song, which is like Kevin McGee representation, as we yes, as we now know. Yes, so there you go. In some way, it is the Billy Joel uh, greatest hits CD of Matt mm. Farley. It's the oh, presentation oh, of everything we found he's the crux. done. We found the crux. There's, there's one moment in this movie that was very resonant to me, and I think it will be resonant to all of us here. I want to see if we have actual experience of this, little stories to, to tell about this. That dreaded moment when you're watching a movie with someone and you you have introduced them to the movie mm. and they leave and ask you not to pause it. Uh, that uh, moment of like like sheer terror. Is this a moment we've we've all had at certain uh, points? Mean, uh, it's some, oh, uh, all the time. <laughs> and every time, isn't it just like a little like a little death? It was like, yeah, hundred no. percent. That's why <laughs> just you go, please sometimes you've got to choose it. movies that you know they're gonna walk out at some point, but they can come back and fall back into it. Well the uh, like I'll I'll put on my favorite one of my favorite films ever made, like one that's deeply personal. I've lived my whole life through. <laughs> and I'll uh, tell my wife this is the the moment that changed my childhood. She's like, okay, time to get up and make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like right during. I'll read right, the wiki right page. the start of the film. I'll yeah. catch up. I'll catch up on the plot. It's fine. <sighs> Well, that's what I've learned, like through teaching. Sometimes, of like when you teach things that that you love, it's I always go for the the the. If I'm introducing a text or like a film or something, I go for the the step underneath. Like is really important to me because I know the people case. are probably not going to like it or reject to it or say that it's stupid in a way. So I'm like, I have that degree of separation of oh no. So it's just like oh okay, you don't like it. That's absolutely fine. Um, in terms of like weird family watches of like I remember like one that stands out to me is i just it was a first year of university and i was like home for the summer and um i knew my dad liked woody allen films okay um so i had rented annie hall and i didn't really know what annie hall was going to be oh, and i thought wow. that'd be a fun thing to watch my mom and dad and it was like incredibly awkward like, the whole way through because <laughs> that movie is more like sexually frank than i was expecting it to be oh, yeah. and my mom was like actively not watching the movie and was like showing disdain and then she like left for a bit and then we could to watch the rest of the movie without her. She came back then, she's like, why'd you watch it without me? We're like, but... Um, <laughs> this is my favourite um, film of all time. Like, you, why you, clearly, you? you clearly weren't enjoying it. <laughs> and then my dad at the end was just like, that was quite important to me because I, I once watched that with my parents and it was incredibly awkward. So I'm glad you had that no as well. So <laughs> she let you experience it. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he's like, great movie, isn't it? But wasn't that really awkward? I'm like, yes, it was. Your father also hates american cinema right i think i've yeah. heard this from you multiple times but i guess woody allen is the exception again <laughs> my father is a joke um i mean jack jack has now met my father and, and knows what he is like and that that man loves a stage um, oh god he does <laughs> yeah you should have heard his reading oh, at my wedding where he really really commanded the floor i will say um uh, very very well i will say um but yeah no he 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 refuses to, i've said this before on this on many podcasts but he will not engage in american culture at all his favorite movie casablanca um, <laughs> <laughs> he loves annie hall when we went to go see the grand budapest hotel in france um because we were just watching it he left and he was like i really enjoyed that i was like yes yeah, great isn't it i'd already seen it he's like yeah so was that like a british film and i was no, like it's no he went, it felt british though didn't it i was like no did not really very american i've definitely shown my brother george um some motor movies and had yes. the expectation of like i know this is not gonna 
hit as well as it does for me as it does for them I, I think over christmas we watched local legends because i just had to show someone and be like this man has put his mobile phone number in the middle of his movie <laughs> and like it got to you know the uh the spotify section where he goes through all his songs and that was the moment where george sort of like shifted into like what so this is real <laughs> but yeah. like the most part he's like his phone or whatever and i'm like no no you need to look this guy look at this guy this indie artist just doing what he wants to do and just like having no care about it is that is that will sloan review i think for um river Beast, where it's just like i've got this far into the pandemic and i'm finally braving to watch this with my fiance yes yeah <laughs> i think that no vaughn did that quite recently showed um his wife uh, his, what, his, his, his flesh wife sorry okay um, cool thank you but yeah i mean just showing people things that you love and just having that anticipation of being like this can go one of two ways they either mm. discover their new favorite thing ever or they shrug it off and i feel a little dagger in my heart which is why you've got to just stop showing people things you enjoy. I know. People have to, well, yeah, but people have to find things sometimes. You, you can't force people to enjoy culture. And this movie is so aware of that and aware of like the, the, the culture people love is the culture they find and like find community around and that you can't force no things, which is why a lot of this stuff isn't very successful. Well, the great thing is I have a kid that I could just, uh, I mean, she wants to like the things I do. So one day she'll be into River Beast. I give it another year or two. And then yeah, but at some point, Calvin, I praise you, but that, that like that may go very much the opposite way around. Yeah, but I know. She may also <laughs> still be into Pinocchio, so you may still have to be watching, <laughs> re-watching Pinocchio. Such a, a weird that. cinematic child with like, just like, just, just likes everything and just has seen weird stuff. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> As long as she's seen everything, I'll let her have her own takes. Uh, but uh, um, she's very cinematically interested. She asks me every week how movies are made. So I, wow. I feel like this is uh, the best example of how That's really movies are made. Yeah. yeah, it's just another one of those films where there's a there's a distinct difference between watching a film and thinking, yeah, I could I could do that. I could make a film or listening to some music. However, you know, highbrow, lowbrow, poop songs, regardless, and being like, oh, I could make this. But there's a difference mm. between saying I could make this and actually doing it. And I think mm. this is like the push that some people need. Definitely helped me sort of think about how I approach creativity and create creation and yeah. art and things and being like, sure, I don't have the biggest platform. I don't have the biggest audience, but what's stopping me from continuing to do this? Like, I, I enjoy doing this. Why not continue to do this and putting it out into the world and moving on? Because like... Uh, Farley doesn't remember his own lyrics and his own chords for the 20,000 songs he's done because he's done so many of them, but it's fine. He's recorded them. They exist. It's an object out in the world. It, like speaking to my own very limited, like creative endeavors. It's like, it's, it's amazing how much like, just like distribution systems can inspire you. Even if like, there is like, you no guarantee of anyone at the end of that. The fact that you can is sort of like why, why like the Twin Geeks as like as a platform that mm. you know that it's it's being thrown out there that it like exists in some degree of like verisimilitude of like the things that you that are real. So like to put out a movie that you know is going to release and it's going to exist on the internet, like distribution is interesting mm. and was like is is creatively inspiring. And like, I mean, Jack, you putting out music in that kind of way, you've been like it's just you made something and it is real and is extant once it exists outside yeah, of you it's just like comparing yourselves to <clears throat> quote-unquote successful filmmakers or something mm. like that who have production teams and they have distribution networks yeah. and they have executives on just being like oh well they have to do this this and this but i could literally make a film with my friends and upload it to vimeo and charge six dollars or whatever <laughs> or for free or for and free. use a lot of licensed music <laughs> <laughs> So next year, Moe's Haven album. Anyone know the name off by heart? 
2023, several supreme beings told us to make this. We're going to go on a world tour. It's going to be the best-selling album of the year, and we can't wait. <laughs> I hope Matt Farley does like a, a world tour. I'd like to see him play like the Brugnell Social Club in Leeds or something. That'd be very that, much his kind of place. There's that freaky Farley screening in, is it Brooklyn? Um, soon, and that's, that's the... That's, Jack, that's, that's still America. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's close to a world tour <laughs> Matt Farley so far. So, the last you know, week he's uh he's been at uh fantastic well i don't know if he's at fantastic fest his movies are uh, residing yeah. at the uh, alma only draft fantastic house. movies allowed yeah at the alma draft house in austin uh oh. they, they may still be available online if you want to go watch the uh ricky farley 2k cut Barley. cool i want oh, he, did you watch that cut Cal? yeah yeah it looks uh, oh, I mean, nice. it's the movie we already like but uh much sharper, but, uh, sharper. but more k's more it's k's. almost it's almost strange because i'm so used to it in that that, that primitive range. format yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the rest so of us it? will get to see it when gold ninja yes. uh because oh, they they commissioned the scan I think. Oh, fantastic yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, i'm keeping tabs on justin's twitter <laughs> for any announcements <laughs> about freaky folly because oh i just want to see the artwork they also have like magic spot and metal detector maniac don't let the river beast get oh, you nice. uh, a good sampling and it's, it's all well. on the press library here so i wonder how much press really got to these i hope a lot because mm. it really crowds this library so uh i i text matt and he's like well uh, uh farley and he's like it's just so good to see our work on like a legitimate streaming platform mm. I thought that was a neat thing to hear from him. Well, but that, as we know, he hates film festivals he and things. Film festivals. Yes. <laughs> film festivals are not worth your time, as we know he, directly from his movies. He screened this one at the festival saying how much he hates festivals, which is also part of uh, another one, uh, Raz and Nest, that I covered on the site, uh, getting off topic, but it's uh, talking about how much it hates all other festivals other than fantastic yeah, festivals. Why not? So, sure. Yes. <laughs> Play to your audience. It's just good to see it getting out there, I think, uh, yeah. beyond like us and beyond like the circles that keep putting it out there. Uh, to see it going into like a yeah. general population where it's the tickets cool. have almost sold out for a few showings that's great yeah and yeah I, this is a movie that obviously is as, as we're talking about like is, is very very important to us it is, is is only growing more so it is like this like great like cornerstone of of their filmography of like it's it's so one of those movies it's i, I just i just like that it, it I like movies that just do an essence down of like you think the motor movies are just things like um river beast and freaky farley because there's like so like genre wise similar and yeah. it's movies like this that show what the real essence of a motion film is because you're like oh this definitely feels like one of those but we're applying it in a new scenario mm -hmm. and magic spot actually was that for me as well being like ah i'm getting more understanding of like what the feel of these films are and i really really appreciate those ones they really mean a lot to me it just stems from like the the grassroots backyard nature mm. and the community and then mm. like they can place whatever sort of um genre or whatever on top of that so you know um river beast obviously homage to those old monster movies and the river beasts of in old this, in these regional settings but then like slingshot cops is this buddy cop um thing magic spot is like this weird like wintry sci-fi two cousins help their uncle or whatever the, the thing is uh, yeah two cousins try use a magic rock to help their <laughs> uncle i think that's like the greatest the description of any movie like, ever <laughs> best, the best. that's like baby shoes never worn level of like amazing <laughs> storytelling it's just like greatest <laughs> thing ever done Fantastic. a joy to watch again uh-huh i've only seen it like five times this year um mm -hmm. if my letterbox stats are correct <laughs> and they are <laughs> um 
Yeah, anyone uh, got anything more to say about local legends? I think it's a movie that I might start having on as like a wallpaper thing as well. Mm. I mean, I might start thinking about it. I, I generally don't log those movies as often, like Umbrellas of Cherbourg, I have on all the time. Oh, I don't feel a need to log it because it lives with me. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's just like wallpaper at this point. It's just on. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's like, That's like when I half watched Beast the other day. Oh, what? The Idris Elba? <laughs> yeah. Have I logged it? No. Did I generally watch it? I so guess. The first or second half? <laughs> no, the first quarter and the last quarter. <laughs> it's just one of those films you want on the background in a dinner party to show off your sophisticated tastes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, nice. yeah. A real Sorry, beast. Idris Elba and Lion. And then I go, no, not that beast. That's also merely okay. A different beast. <laughs> a river beast? Mm, well, this one also felt like a hurdle. I think it'll be quicker into our next one because I feel like yeah. this was an important slingshot one and we all had a lot it. going on. And uh, yeah, we've been yeah a, we'll a slingshot cop we've been busy, the next one. But it's been a nice scab. To, uh, mm-hmm. to go back and talk talk some Moturn yeah. and just keep up with the guys and see. Moturn if you want to. I, I, I do want to and see what everyone else is doing and catching up with Farley and hopefully we'll get him back on at some point to do some of the future films mm. and get Charlie and see if we can get some of the wider gang in uh, I know on the new Freaky Farley disc there's going to be an extended uh, uh, <laughs> um, Kevin McGee interview so that we're going to have to Kevin like McGee. a, a six hour episode just information <laughs> need, that. need that just theory crafting around the kevin mcgee args just like oh yeah <laughs> kevin mcgee will be in the next cloverfield movie i need an expanded <laughs> list of his favorite films I did. Mm. What, was it? what did he mention on that podcast he did with it was uh stardust was it Arnold? yeah which is a great movie independence I, day was I really like really like stardust yeah, I think Independence Day was one of them. There was a third, I can't remember. Would be great if it was just like La Jete. I love the fact that it was just sort of like goon or just like we're very filmic people, but people who make films don't necessarily become filmic people. And I, I yeah, different that. kinds of filmic, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So thanks for listening to Don't Let the Motown Cast Get You. You can find all the good stuff on motonmedia.com and you can also find all the good stuff on thetwingeeks.com for mm. reviews on contemporary and classic cinema, podcasts, essays, all that good stuff. Uh, you can listen to Stephen and I on The Stacks, um, Stephen and Vaughn on I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things, uh, Twin Geek, Catwoman and David, yeah. yeah there's, we do a lot of stuff here on the on the internet and we mm. need to have a lot of space listening to us anyone got anything else to plug before we depart uh read us too on the twin geeks we have a lot of festivals uh in the next month and yeah it's movie season um like the, the movies season, are starting yeah. to come out so movie season is word season so oh, come nice. come catch oh, the words nice. while they're hot yeah, much anticipated smile coming out this weekend everybody oh, God, i want to avoid posters for that everywhere every Very. movie i see has that same trailer Ugh. yeah uh so next time slingshot cops i believe yes. um, Thanks, we shall see you there i'm excited to revisit that one same calvin tell me i sound sexy <laughs> thanks for talking sexy on the telephone jack Give the tweet gigs a sign. Give give the stacks a sign. I'm putting on this podcast now. Good night. Give God the bless. Stacks a sign. Um, slingshot cops next episode. Um, love you. Good night. Charlie Roxburg, you're so talented. You are a very good movie maker. You're the director of lots of great movies like Freaky Farley and Slingshot Cops.
Hollywood with a camera You can get lots of shots done in one day yeah. Oh my goodness Charlie Roxburg, all time super duper talented movie director Charlie Roxburg, you are a kind and decent human being Oh, Charlie Roxburg, I love all of the movies that you make I love watching Don't Let the River Be 